0: Who was Jesus? Who is Jesus? That's the question. That's the question. Was he a real person? What did he say? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show. His birth was a miracle. His mom was a virgin and she was pregnant. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He knew what was in men's minds. He knew what was in men's hearts. He knows what is in men's hearts. He knew the story of people's lives without ever having met them. He spoke with authority. He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone. Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He loved everyone. 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 He forgave sins. He never made a mistake. He never wants sinned. But we judged him. We whipped and beat him. We spit on him. And we killed him. He loved us anyway. He loves us anyway. He died for us. He died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins with his life. Did I mention he loves us? He came back to life. He was dead. Then he was alive. A lot of people saw him. He is coming back. Who is Jesus? That's a big question. That's the big question. What does it even matter? What does it matter to you? Who is Jesus? My answer doesn't matter to you. Only your answer matters to you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Well, welcome to the fifth and final installment in the I am series and as you saw there in the video intros We are trying to answer the most important question in the whole wide world Which is who is he meaning who is our Lord Jesus Christ and as we saw there in the nice little video intro is that who he is? Isn't as important. I know it's weird to say isn't as important as who you say he is Because it's who you say he is that will determine how you end up living your life and for many of us Jesus is someone And we saw all the things that we saw that he said he is. He is the resurrection. We saw how he is the good shepherd and how he is the light. We saw last week about how he is the vine. But unfortunately, many of us, because we're not realizing that and living that way, we're living without the benefits of who he is. So our hope in this series is to understand who Jesus is and go to his words and see what he said about himself. And today we're going to look at, we've seen some bold statements so far from Jesus. We saw when he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in me, You'll die, but you won't, but you still live. If you believe in me, you'll die, but still live. Wow, that's pretty bold. He told us um, uh, last week about how he's the vine and where the branch is. And without me, you can do nothing. We said, wow, that's a very bold statement. Like you could say, like, without me, you can't do much. But he said, no, without me, nothing. And we saw the branch last week. He said the branch without the tree is worthless. Today, Jesus makes his boldest statement yet. And the one statement that if you are, forgive me in advance, If you don't like political incorrectness, and if you get offended by simple statements, you are going to hate what Jesus said today. Because today Jesus was very politically incorrect. Today he went against everything that we've been taught, that the way we should speak, and the way we should talk about religion, all that kind of stuff. When Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Better? Yeah. That was going to annoy me the entire time. (laughs) Jesus said his most politically incorrect statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Hold on, Jesus. Hold on. You know when you go to start at a new company, you have to do like the sensitivity training, right? You have to, how to talk in the workplace about religion. Jesus needs to take that class. Because Jesus here says something you're not supposed to say. You're not supposed to say that there's only one right way. And you're not supposed to say that it's your way. Like, you can say other, but you can't say that your way is the right way and everybody else is wrong. And this one statement, this one statement turns more people away from Christianity than any other one. Look how arrogant Jesus is. I'm the way. You're the way. No one except you knows the way. I'm the way. And no one can go to the Father except through me. That's arrogant. That's snobbish. That's narrow-minded. That's living in the Stone Ages. And that's downright offensive to most people. Well, today we're going to look at this statement. And I don't think that when Jesus gave this statement, he was trying to be offensive. I like think he was trying to be honest. I think he was trying to tell the truth. Okay, And this wasn't said out of arrogance. In fact, this was said out of compassion. I come to a man inside a, a, a if I go to someone who's drowning in the ocean. I say, buddy, here's the, the boat that'll take you back to shore. And he says, that's the only boat. I ain't being arrogant when I say that's the only boat. I'm telling you the truth. That's the only boat. That's the only way back to the shore. It's not arrogance. It's out of love and compassion that Jesus said this. We're going to break down this sentence today. And What we want to figure out is why does this sentence offend so many people? What did Jesus mean by it? And why is it that it offends so many people when you say that Jesus, when Jesus says that I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and without me, you cannot reach the Father? I think the reason why this statement upsets so many people is it hits at the core of three things that we have been taught to believe in our society society has taught us when i'm talking about three great myths about religion three great myths about the way that we're supposed to treat religion and these three things are so ingrained inside of us but what we'll see today is that there's no credibility or no truth to these three statements they're all myths let's start with the first one the first myth that we're taught from a young age in this country is all religions are basically the same all religions are basically the same it doesn't matter just choose one just choose anyone it doesn't really matter the same it's all you've heard this expression different sides to the same mountain right someone on this side of the mountain and someone on this side of the mountain and they don't see this side and they don't see that side that's all pretty much the same eh, be nice to people don't kill people try not to do bad stuff to people it's all pretty much the same right doesn't really matter which one you choose, just choose one, be very faithful to it, and that's all that matters. Well, in this one statement, Jesus said, what I'm preaching isn't like any other religion. Because what Jesus said in this one statement, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm different than any other religion. You know what every other religion says? Every other religious leader says, says, follow me and I will show you the way. Follow me and you will be enlightened. Follow me and I will give you life. I will show you the path to life. Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say I'll show you the way. He said I am the way. He didn't say I'll give you enlightenment. He said I'm light. He didn't say I'll lead you to life. He said I am life. No other religion says that. I'm not saying which one is right and which one's wrong. Of course I'll say that later. But I'm saying at the simple level. People say all religions are the same. No they're not the same. Because none of the other religious leaders, you go to Buddha, you go to Moses and, and, and Judaism, you go to any other uh, 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 Muhammad, okay, in Islam, none of them claim the stuff that Jesus claimed. Again, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong, even though you know who I think is right and who's wrong. <laughs> but I'm just saying who's someone who says they're all the same. No, they're not the same. Because none of them claim to be the Son of God incarnate and, and said that without me, you cannot reach the Father. Is that another way? You know the difference between Christianity and every other religion out there? Every other religion out there is man's attempt to reach God. Say these prayers, do these sacrifices, live this kind of rules, and you can reach God. That's every other religion out there. Do this and you can reach God. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is the exact opposite. It says God, who is eternal, who is infinite, who is almighty, is reaching out to you. None of the other religions say that. None of, the other religions, none of the other religions talk about God taking flesh, being born in a virgin of a virgin in a manger, and all that to reach out to you. Every other religion says, "Do this, do this, do this." Christianity says, "God did this, God did this, God did this," and that's the difference between us and everybody else. You can see the distinction between Christianity and, and most other religions. All right, there's a, a parable which is in the Bible, and there's a very similar parable. Which is uh, written in a lot of like the oriental far eastern religions like like uh, like Buddhism and, and things like that and, and And those kinds of religions out there It's a parable starts off the same a man had two sons one of his sons asks for his inheritance early goes out leaves the father's house and squanders his inheritance both parables say the same thing, but then after that the story changes in the Buddhist one the boy comes back, asks for forgiveness. The father forgives him and tells him that he has to work a certain number of years, three years, four years, I don't remember how many number of years, in order to pay back the debt, and then he accepts him as his son back into his house. That's a good parable. That's a normal parable. That's nothing wrong with that parable. Every one of us, that's, that makes sense. You sin this against me, I'm not going to kill you or stone you or anything like that. I'll forgive you, but you should pay back the debt. That's every other religion. Y'all know how it goes in Christianity. And the Bible doesn't say that. It says a man had the two sons. The one took everything, left, squandered, it came back. And before he could even finish the sentence, Father, forgive me, the dad said, forget about the debt, I'll pay it back myself. Bottom line is, the message of Christianity is significantly different than every other religion. Again, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm saying when someone says all religions are the same, you say, no, they're not all the same. Ours, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Other people believe in just a God up there. We, we have our God as a name. His name is the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe in any one of those components, then you don't believe in the same God as we do. Like I said, we believe in incarnation. We believe in crucifixion and resurrection. Our message is significantly different than every other religion. So it's not just a matter of choose a path, and it's all the same. You have to choose the right path. That leads me to the second myth that most people have about religion. The second myth is that all religions are equally valid. All right, we're going to get a little touchy right here. We're going to get a little touchy right here. And you just walked in off the street today, and you say, I came on the wrong week. Slow down with me, or we're going to go logic here. Political correctness says that all religions are valid. And it is improper and incorrect to say that yours is better than mine. Or that yours is more valid than my religion everyone has a right to believe whatever it is that they want and you have to accept that i agree everyone has a right to believe whatever they want and i'm not saying we should be intolerant i'm not saying we should be mean people i'm not saying like it jesus wasn't jesus was very tolerant he was very loving he was very accepting of every person no matter what they believe and i'm not saying otherwise but the truth of the matter is is we cannot say that every religion is equally valid we can say that some things we should respect everyone. But some things are true and some things aren't true. It gets to the idea about absolute truth. And this idea that we were taught from a very young age, but there's no such thing as absolute truth. Is there such a thing as absolute truth? Is there such a thing as absolute truth? I remember a a, a movie scene. Y'all remember A Few Good Men? Okay, Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise. I told you it's one of my favorite movies. In, in that movie, there's a time where Tom Cruise is questioning Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is on trial. Not, he's, not, he's one of the witnesses, but he's being questioned. And in it, he's talking about one of his soldiers. All right. And Tom Cruise is asking, Was this soldier's life in danger? Okay. You were saying his life, was his life in danger? And Jack Nicholson says, Yes, it was. And Tom Cruise says, Was it in grave danger? And Jack Nicholson says, What? Nice line. Is there any other kind? Is there any other kind of danger? Well, I said the same thing about truth. Is it true? Yes. Is it absolute truth? Is there any other kind? How can something be true but not be absolutely true? Either it's true or it's not true. Like where I'm from, either it's true or it's an opinion. And any truth that is not absolute truth is not truth. It's an opinion. And bottom line is some opinions are true, some opinions aren't true. I pulled this quote off the internet. This is the myth of all religions are equally valid. What is true for a given person in a given situation is not necessarily true for that person in a different situation, or for another person in the same situation and still less if both are different. I don't know what that means, but I don't believe it's true. I don't know what that means. That's confusing to me, but that's what the world teaches us. And the bottom line is some things are true and some things are not true. We live in dangerous times where people have the ability to make up whatever truth they want, and we have to accept it as true. Look, bottom line is certain things are true and certain things are not true. Forgive me now. Okay, don't be offended by what I'm going to say. I promise what I'm trying to say right now is not meant to be offensive in any way. And even, I even said to myself, I don't say this. Some people will be offended. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm reading. I'm going to read something that I saw in the news, okay, recently, and... Like I'm just gonna read it for what it is, and you probably can imagine what I'm thinking about it, but I'm not trying to be offensive, okay? And anyway, I'm not trying to be intolerant, I'm just telling you, this is what's out there, and we people have to have a brain and see, is this something we accept or don't accept? I read a story, it was a sports story, but it was about basically a, a student at a university here in DC, who, say this exactly, and this, this piece that I read was in a, it wasn't in a Christian source, Okay, so I'm not, like, making up stuff or saying things that are rude. I'm telling you what the newspaper wrote, so I'm not being offensive. About a person who is called transgender. You know what transgender means? Okay, I didn't, but now I do. A person who is born female with male gender identity. That's quotes. Born female with male gender identity. Basically, this was a person who was born as a female, but wants to play basketball on the men's team. And what she said is that even though she was born female, she's really a male with male gender identity. And I got the exact quote of what it says right here. What is gender identity? The gender or lack thereof that a person claims for oneself. This may remain the same throughout one's life or change or evolve with time, perhaps even on a daily basis. This may or may not correspond with the sex they were assigned at birth. She was born as a female. But in her mind, she says, no, I'm really a male, just in a female body. So male, so gender identity says, whatever gender you claim for yourself, that has to be respected. What's wrong with us people? What's wrong with us? How how can we accept this? Like what's wrong with us in our mind right here that we have made up something. Look, I ain't no biology major, but there's certain parts that make you a boy and certain parts that make you a girl. You can't choose. You can't choose which one you want to be. You cannot like what you are. You, you can't choose though. You can't say, even though I'm this, no, I'm really I'm this. This idea of relative truth, we've lost our minds. Look, bottom line is there's some things that I want to be true, but they're not true. I, I'm eight feet tall. Okay, you say you're eight feet tall, but you're not eight feet tall. <laughs> and no matter how much I believe I'm eight feet tall, I'm not eight feet tall. And I can believe it. And I can say, you're rude for not accepting the fact that I'm eight feet tall. I'm not eight feet tall. <laughs> And if you wanna spend your whole life believing that you're eight feet tall, you're gonna one day be rudely awakened and find out that you are not eight feet tall. Bottom line is certain things are true, certain things are not true. It is not our job to invent truth. It is our job to discover truth. It is not our job to make it up or invent it as we want it to be. It is our job to accept it as it truly is and live our life in accordance with the principles that are true. Jesus, different than anyone else in the world. Many people say, "Yeah, yeah, I know the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm this. I'm this." The difference between Jesus and everyone else? Jesus is the Son of God, and He proved it. I'm not talking about how He proved it today. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We talked about the resurrection. All right. The difference between Jesus? I can say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm eight feet tall, and you and it's nonsense. Jesus, when He says something, He proves it. And he backed it up with his miracles. He backed it up with the prophecies that he fulfilled. And he backed it up more than ever when he went inside a tomb, stayed there three days, and then on the third day rose again and walked around the city. And people ate with him and people drank with him and people talked with him and people laughed with him. And he said he was seen by over 500 people at the exact same time. And we talked about that, about how his resurrection from the dead proves beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is not a belief. Is it a belief? It is a fact. We talked about that a few weeks ago if you didn't. Weren't here for that. We talked about how it is a provable fact. It is a historical event. It's not an opinion. Jesus said this in John chapter 14 verse 11. He says, look, I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you truth. Truth is, I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Believe me for the sake of the works themselves. He's saying, look, if you don't believe, look at my life and look at the stuff that I've done. Who else, like the video said, walked on water. Who else? made eyes for the blind man who else and he can go through all the list of things that his life proved first thing first myth all religions are the same we say no all religions are not the same Christianity is clearly different whether it's right or wrong it's different Two, all of them okay they may be different but they're all equally valid no they're not all equally valid some are true and some are not true and we don't want to admit that but the bottom line is something people believe simply aren't true. Third myth. Christians are narrow-minded. Christians are narrow-minded. Christians are arrogant. Christians are snobbish. Christians think they're the only one right, and they're so arrogant about it. Is it arrogant when I say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Is that arrogant? I'll tell you what would be arrogant. If I said, you know what? You can choose any of these ways to heaven. But Jesus is the best of them. That's arrogant. If I say, yeah, that one would work and that one would work, but this one's the best one. Come to ours. That's the best one. That's arrogant. I ain't saying that. I'm saying you can take your chances with that, that, that. None of those will work. The only only ship that's sailing to that port is Jesus. Jesus. The only bridge to take you to that kingdom is Jesus. That isn't arrogant. It's accurate. Example. Y'all ever heard of a disease called jaundice? I don't know what jaundice is, right? Parents who have little babies. Okay, maybe your kid was born with jaundice. Jaundice is not a big deal. But it is a big deal. Because jaundice is is that thing, it's like a liver disorder, okay, where the skin has like these yellow spots, right? Okay, I'm kind of colorblind, so it's yellow, okay? These yellow spots. It's a potentially fatal disorder, okay? And it can kill you, and it will kill you, but it's very easily treatable. So oftentimes, baby, are born with it, okay? And it's not a big deal, because as long as they treat with the right treatment, let's solve it no time and no consequence to it. But if you don't do anything about it, you'll die of it. Like, there's, there's no way around it. The way that it's treated is these, like, lamps. You know, like when you go into McDonald's and you see like the fry lamps, okay, kind of like those. It's like these lamps that shine this light, and only God knows what is in that light, okay, but something in that light, it solves the issue. So they put the baby under that light for a few hours, okay, then take him to rest, and they put him back, and after a couple days, whatever it takes, baby's fine. Hypothetical situation. You're a doctor. You go to these parents, baby born jaundice, and you say, okay, your baby needs to go under this light for a couple hours a day. parents say you know what doc that may be true for you but we think that we can just scrub the yellow spots out doc would say excuse me Say, you know what doc I understand your truth okay but see for me what I believe is that if I just scrub and and even bleach if necessary okay Run that bad boy through the the cycle a little bit, okay? I believe it'd be fine. Doc would say, excuse me, with all due respect, respect your beliefs. but It's not true. Only way this baby's going to be saved is you put him under the light. It's kind of arrogant of you, doctor, to think that you're the only one who knows the right way. I actually, you know what? I don't believe in jaundice. I don't even believe it exists. I, I don't believe it. And if it does exist, I don't believe that it's fatal. That's your truth. That's not my truth. Look here. You can say what you want to say, you can believe what you want to believe. You don't put the baby under that light, the baby's going to die, period. I don't care what you believe, I don't care what you've been taught, I don't care. You can believe what you want to believe, but if you you act based on your incorrect belief, your child will die forever, period. Let's say the parents listen to the doctor's opinion and go with the yellow light. Would you say those parents are arrogant? Would you say those parents are stuck up? Would you say those parents are narrow-minded? Or would you say those parents have a brain in their head? Because they are acting in accordance with the truth that is presented to them. It is not snobbish. It is not arrogant. It is not narrow-minded. It is, in fact, the only decision that a rational person can make when presented with the truth and the facts in front of them. Bottom line for us is, we don't have jaundice, but we got something different than jaundice. It's worse than jaundice. Therefore, I said to you, John chapter 8, verse 24, Jesus said, You will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Bottom line is we don't have jaundice. We got sin issue. And sin, like jaundice, is fatal. And sin also, like jaundice, is very easily treatable. Very easily treatable. But the only treatment is Jesus. If you believe in him, no problem. Sin, no problem. Remember we talked about this in the light of the world. Darkness, no problem. I'm light. Death? No problem. I'm resurrection. Lost? No problem. I'm shepherd. Like no problem. Whatever it is, no problem. Just come under the light. Stay here under the light. Under the lights, you're good. But without the light, you want to take your chances on scrubbing your sin out? No, 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 no. I'm just, I just work really hard and scrub my sin out. No, 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 no. I just, I just uh, uh, put more money in the money box. No, 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 no. no. I just, uh, I'll be nice. Like, you want to take your chances with that? I don't care how much you believe that you can make it to the kingdom without Jesus. Bottom line is, unless you're under the light, Christianity is not snobbish. Snobbish, I'll give you another example. Two country clubs. Two country clubs. One country club over here says, in order to gain admittance into here, you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. And then you can be a, a member in here. You must say these prayers. You must do these good deeds. Like you must do this, 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 and this. Another country club over here says anybody in the world is welcome here rich, poor, black, white, short, tall. Like anybody is welcome in this one right here. But you got to walk through this door. Which one is snobbish? Christianity, every other religion is that. Do this to get in here. Christianity says anybody's welcome. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're gonna walk through this door. I had a nice quote. It says, Christians aren't snobs. Christians, all we are, we're just beggars telling other beggars where to find food. That's all we are. We're all beggars. We're all sick people who just found the hospital room. That's all we are. We just found out where the jaundice light is. That's it. That's all we are. No, no one's more better than no one else. All of us in the same boat. All of us are going down, but then we found, and we can't just, we can't stop telling people that, hey, come eat this food. Imagine, and, and if you've seen this, like back in the, when I was younger, we used to, uh, there was a group, then I used to join them that we, they go out to like the homeless people and hand out sandwiches. You see how homeless people are when they get sandwiches, okay? They call all their homeless friends from all around them. They have like these signals, okay, like the bat signal all over it, and they all come out, And they say, come, 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 because this guy's handing out free sandwiches. And and that's all we are as Christians. That's all we are. Everyone else is fighting for food. And we found the mother load. Found a whole big old basket of bread that never runs out. And anybody can come, no matter how bad you are, no matter how far you've you've gone, no matter what it is, anybody come eat. That's not arrogant. That's intelligent. That's not arrogant. That's not snobbish. That's not narrow-minded. It's truth all right let's play devil's advocate all right what's the the common response to this okay so you're saying that without Jesus and um if you don't follow him and believe in him then you can't go to heaven that's what you're saying and then what about the boy under the cave a boy in the cave y'all know the boy in the cave the boy in the cave example everyone's favorite example the most unrealistic example ever the boy in a cave who's raised by hyenas who never heard about Jesus What about this boy in a cave? You're saying God is going to punish this boy in a cave because he was raised by hyenas? What's going to happen to this boy? Look, it's a dumb example, but I'll answer your dumb example. I'll answer with two facts. Two facts that I know. Two facts that I cannot answer. I don't know everything about everything, but I know these two facts. If I hold on to these two facts, point me in the right direction. Fact number one. Fact number one. Everybody on this planet has enough information to know that God exists. Agree or disagree? Every single person. God has programmed it into our hearts, programmed it into our DNA, to know that there is a creator. There has to be. This whole idea of not believing in God, this is a very new concept. The world which has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, Everyone always knew there had to be something they just worship the wrong thing Maybe it's the Sun. Maybe it's the moon. Maybe it's the river Maybe it's the tree like everyone knows there has to be something It's something ingrained inside of us and to not believe in the existence of God You must go against your nature. You must go against your logic. You must go against it So it's not natural everyone has enough information to know God exists Romans chapter 1 verse 20 since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They may not know the right God, but everyone knows there has to be a God. All this stuff. Look, if I, if I take the, my iPad right here, and I break it into a million pieces, and I put it into a bag, and I shake up the bag, the likelihood that it comes out as a functioning iPad is very, very slim. The likelihood that I just take a whole bunch of atoms and molecules, stick them in a the universe, shake them up, kick them across the universe, And they explode and become all this that you see. I say the universe is slightly more complicated than my iPad. Everyone knows there has to be something out there. Okay, so that's fact number one. Fact number two, those who seek him will find him. Those who reach will not be left hanging. Those who reach, he will reach back. Bible promises this in multiple locations, but I'll just pull you Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Said another way, the life that we live is not a game of hide and seek. It is not a game where God is hiding from us, throwing us down there on earth, hiding behind a rock and saying, I wonder if they can find me. I'll make it as hard as possible for them to find me. Man, he did everything in his power to make himself right there behind you. And sometimes we spend our whole life walking and he's following us right behind us. Right behind us. And the second, the second, the second that we reach up and say, hey, where's God? The second, the second that we reach for him, that we seek for him, we'll find him. I don't know how. I'm not saying everyone's going to find this church. I'm not saying everyone's going to find the Bible. I'm not saying it. But what I'm saying is God has his ways and those who seek him will find him. Everyone knows that there must be a God and anyone who reaches out to that God in sincerity of heart will find him. I bet you I could pass around a microphone right here and I could hear some stories. Y'all would tell me about how this is true, about how people have been in the worst situations, most random situations. Cry out to God, how God comes into their life through circumstances, through people, through situations, through something. God finds his way. A classic example from the stories of the many saints who have preceded us is the story of St. Moses, the Ethiopian, okay? guy who worshipped the sun and worshipped the idols and worshipped all the stuff and was was just a vile human being. He was a criminal. He was a murderer. He was a thief. He was a vile human being. No benefit to this man whatsoever. One day, in the middle of all the the garbage he was living in, he looked up at the sun and said, Son, are you God? He said, if you ain't God... Where are you, God? That was it. That's all he did. He reached out. And what happened? God worked in his way. And God brought him through a series of people that he had to meet and circumstances. And Moses, the murderer, became Moses the saint. We call him Saint Moses the strong. Why? Because he reached. There isn't anyone who reaches who doesn't find. Get rid of this idea. Forgive me. We already said no one's going to be offended today. Get rid of this arrogant idea that you are more fair than God. Because that's comical. To say that we are more fair than God. That God, that's not fair. Like we are all of a sudden the most unbiased people in the whole wide world. All we care about is ourselves. We don't care about anyone outside of ourselves. We just care about ourselves. But all of a sudden, we know what's fair and what's not fair. Look, trust me on this one. When you get up on that side of life okay when you get up there and you get to see everything no one will ever stand before God and accuse him of being unfair no one actually you know what I stand corrected every one of us will say God was unfair because all the stuff that God did for us and did for humanity did for you and did for me was completely unfair completely unfair and the way he gave and gave and gave and gave and gave no one would call that fair none of us are gonna stand there in front of God and say God mistreated somebody or God didn't give somebody a fair chance God is fair. He got it taken care of. What we need to do is worry less about the boy in the cave and worry more about the boy in that chair that you're sitting in or the girl in that chair that you're sitting in because that's the only person that this matters to. I always say when people say, how's this person going to be judged? What's going to happen to this person? Look, I don't even know the judgment of one person in this world. You know how that person is? That's you. Jesus said the following Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Everyone to whom much is given, from him much is required. And to whom has been committed, to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. You know what Jesus is saying in that one sentence? He's saying judgment is not cookie cutter. There's no formula. It's not plug and play. Each one is taken into a place and has a one-on-one with Jesus. One-on-one dialogue. And that dialogue will differ based on what you are given. So don't worry about the boy in the cave. The boy in the cave will be judged according to what he was given in the cave. What his hyena parents taught him, will be judged based on that. You know what you've been given. And you know the church that you've been given. You know the word of God that you've been given. And you know the teachers that have been in your life. And you know all that God has done for you. Don't worry about them and don't compare yourself to them. You will be judged based on what you were given. I got bad news for you. You've been given a lot. Believe me, I say this to myself, I really, in all my heart, I'm not just saying this, I believe I will be judged harsher than anybody else on this planet. Because what I've been given from my parents, from the spouse that God gave me, from the wonderful church, the people, the influencers in my life, I don't think there's a person in this universe who's gonna be judged more harshly than me. But maybe you're not too far behind. Don't get tripped up by this idea of how will God judge. In my heart, I believe there'll be no surprises when it comes to eternity. I don't think we'll be shocked the way we think we will. Eternity is a magnification of your life on this earth. That's all it is. The choices you make today will be magnified in eternity. Some people choose to be far from God. God, like... You're nice, but I don't want to be too close to you. That decision will be magnified in eternity. And they will be very far from God. Other people say, God, I want to be really close to you. And that decision will be magnified in eternity. And you say, You'll be so close, you didn't realize closeness was this possible. That's all it is. It's a, mag- it's a magnifying lens. That's all it is. No surprises. No trick questions. No, oh, I didn't. No. Your eternity. Be a magnification of the decisions that you made while living on this earth those who choose to be close to god will be very close far very far the issue for us if we're honest the issue isn't one of ignorance the oh we didn't know the issue for us is one of obedience the, oh we didn't obey no one will get to that state and say, oh, I didn't know the rules. They get to that state, and they may hear that they didn't obey the rules because they didn't believe that when Jesus spoke, that it was truth, and it was absolute truth because there is no other kind. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. Practical application of that sentence for us today. Another story, true story. Once upon a time, there was a young boy 13, 14 years old, something like that, who was at home one day by himself. And he was painting in the basement. All right, painting like on a canvas, like doing a painting. And he was using oil painting. Well, he had done all these nice paintings, and then he decided he wanted to speed up the drawing process. So he got some lamps. And he put the lamps next to the canvas with the oil painting. Goes upstairs to get something, comes back down. The lamps and the oil started a... fired. So all of a sudden, uh-oh, Place on fire. Mom and dad ain't home. Got to put it out. So he tries to put it out, and it doesn't, doesn't work to put it out. He goes upstairs, grabs a bucket of water. By the time he comes back down, it's really flames right now. And he throws the bucket of water, and bucket of water does absolutely nothing. And his place starting to fill up with smoke. He didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, it's so cloudy. And he starts inhaling, and he's trying to put it out. And he's choking on the smoke. And all of a sudden, he falls and semi-passes out and he can't get to his feet. He's inhaled too much of the fumes and the place is just covered in fumes. And all of a sudden he comes to the realization while he's lying there on the floor. Oh my goodness, I cannot save myself. I cannot get out of here by myself. I'm in deep, deep trouble. Hold that thought. While he's thinking that lying there on the floor, he hears a noise, a voice calling out. Anybody down there? He sees a big shining flashlight, it's the fireman. Anybody down there with a big shining light. And he sees him but the guy doesn't see the kid. Kid runs through his mind. A, I cannot save myself. B, the only way I can find salvation and be saved is if I cry out to this guy and tell him I'm here, save me. And then he says, whew, I'm glad I came to that realization. Look how smart I am. All the other people who may be down here, they're dumb enough they didn't figure this out. I figured it out. I figured out that I can't save myself. And I figured out that he's the only way I can, I can be saved. All right, good. Will he find salvation? What does he need to do to find salvation? Hey! I'm here! Help me! Save me! Hey! Reach out your arm! Something! Save me! This won't save you. Knowing won't save you. Having all the knowledge, knowing all the verses, attending all the talks, knowing everything, will not save you. What'll save you? is reaching out and saying, somebody save me. And the only one qualified to save you, the fireman, is Jesus. That's why I throw the question back to you now, like I said in the beginning. It doesn't matter who I say he is or who he says he is. It matters who you say that he is. And I ask you, who is he to you? We looked in this series how he is the resurrection, how he is the shepherd, how he is the light, he is the vine, we saw it today, how he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. Too many of us, if we're honest, here, we're good. But this ain't going to save us. Too many of us, Jesus is a nice picture on the wall in the house. We ask him for blessing. We come to his house once a week. And Jesus, like we hang his picture and we tattoo stuff and he's the best. We can teach anybody how they will not be saved and will not find eternity unless they have Jesus. That's great. I ain't going to get you anywhere. Jesus is the fireman. We're in the basement. Everything that you see around here in your life, all of it's going up in smoke. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it's going up in smoke. All of it is, I promise you. I promise you, I read the last page of the Bible. I know how the story ends, I promise you. I promise you, it's all going up in smoke. Unless he's more than a picture in the window, unless he's someone that you got your arm around him and you say, save me, it's every day Save me, save me, save me. Every day you cling to him, you run to him. Unless he is your hope, unless he's your light, unless he's your vine and you're the branch, unless he is everything. It's time for us to answer this question of who he is and tell him that, Lord, you're everything. Okay? You're everything. And I want to follow you with everything that I have. Not because I want to be a good boy or a good girl, but Lord, because that's the truth of the matter. Unless I cling to you, it's not going to end well. (laughs) Let's stand up and say a prayer together, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Before we jump into prayer, why don't we each just take like a second and say like a personal prayer in silence and just tell God, God, I need you to be my Savior. I don't need you just to bless my life. I don't need you just to, to, to bless my career, to bring me a boy or a girl to marry. Lord, I need you to be my Savior. Lord, you promised us that anyone who reaches out to you, by no means leave them behind. You promised that when we seek you with all our heart, Lord, that we will find you. Lord, all of us, all of us together are telling you that we need you so badly. We need you so badly, Lord. And there's nothing good in this world, nothing good in this life that we have that's outside of you. So come, Lord, be our fireman. Come be our rescuer. Come save us, Lord, from, from this world and the lusts of this world and the the misery of this world, and all the junk of this world, Lord. Save our marriages. Save our, our minds. Save our, our, our lives of purity. Save us, Lord. Because without you, Lord, we're absolutely nothing. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to leave this series with hopefully a bigger understanding of who you are. But not let it just be knowledge, Lord. Let it to be like real life and real action that we take in our lives. We ask this in the name of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints, hear us, Lord, as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us the evil one. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Have a great week, guys.